Live from parts unknown, you're listening to Simon Miller's Pro Wrestling Podcast. The only wrestling podcast on the planet, we think. Sit back, relax, prepare for positivity to run through your veins as Simon Miller gives you your weekly dose of powerful pro wrestling audio. It is Miller Time. Hello. Welcome to Simon Miller's Pro Wrestling Podcast. My name is Simon Miller, and this is indeed a pro wrestling podcast. Now, you have to forgive my setup. I should explain that. If you're listening on the audio version, you don't know what that means. Um, So I've decided to do it live today. As you know, all these podcasts go up on YouTube, my YouTube channel, youtube.com forward slash Miller Report Rules. And I decided to do, well, it's kind of out of my hands. I had a technical problem yesterday, which screwed up the one I did yesterday. Uh, I'm out all day today, or I'm going to be in a couple of hours. If you don't know, it's Defiant Wrestling's Fight or Flight show. And while I can't wrestle because of my shoulder, I can go do color commentary. So very nice the people there have said I can come and do that. So I think there's still a couple of tickets left. You can check it out. Just search for Defiant, and it's going to wear on Access Defiant as well. Blah, blah, blah. You know all that stuff. Anyway, so I'm going to be out doing that for the rest of the day. And as I always do an audio version and I do a video version, I was like, okay, how am I going to get the video version up? I don't have time to edit it. So I thought, screw it. I'm just going to do a live stream of it. And if people want to watch, great. If not, I'll still have the audio to go and do the audio version. But it means my setup is a bit thin. I've got a massive light here. For reasons I'm trying to get into, I can't get one here. So it's just screwing up my face. But if we do decide to do this again, which we may do, I'll play it by ear. I'll see what works. Um, I'll sort this. I'll sort this out. I'll move my table. Think of that. I'll move my table. Anyway, thank you for everyone that is joining me in the live stream. We've got a few uh, shout-outs already. Uh, I don't know how this is going to translate to the audio version, but um, we will do the Q&A at the end of the uh, episode, as we always do. So I'll try and come and go with the comments. But John, who greeting from Bucharest. I mean, that's amazing, isn't it? Thanks for joining me, John. Jaden, love you with a passion, Simon, from Australia. Australia! Love me with a passion. Man like Miller, David Ayres, morning. And John Denton, my man, from RotReX, the boy, who's just given me two pounds as well, saying two more live streams in Super Chat. You're too nice to me, John. You're too good. Uh, and we're here as well. Everyone go check out John's channel too. Go search John Denton, uh, and he's up there. Anyway, let's talk about some pro wrestling. Um, I mean, this is the first show after Super Showdown as well, which is WWE in Australia, so we're going to talk about that. I'll just get my notes open as I realize they are not... I mean, we may as well start there. We'll talk about the Shawn Michaels things too, but that all ties into Super Showdown as well because that's where WWE laid the seeds. Um, I thought Super Showdown was okay. I think the problem we had when all was said and done is, I don't. to me, it was a one-angle show, right? The idea, clearly at some point, was to have a show in Australia where we could have Triple H beat The Undertaker to set up WWE Crown Jewel, and at Crown Jewel, obviously, DX would return, Shawn Michaels would come out of retirement, and they're going to be taking on the brothers... Uh, the Brothers of Destruction. Now, a lot of people kind of came away from it and they were like, well, they felt like a glorified house show, not much happened. And I do understand that, but I think, I said there's an ups and downs, which you can go check out on What Culture right now as well. I, I do kind of understand this, but it depends on how you look at it. Now, yes, if you take everything, we go through all the matches, which we'll do in a minute, and we'll tie into what happened on Raw and SmackDown. Uh, I mean, Buddy Murphy beat Cedric Alexander for the Cruiserweight Championship, and that was cool because he was in his hometown. But really, the major takeaway was the main event with Triple H, Undertaker, Kane, and Shawn Michaels. But if this was even five years ago, maybe six years, I can't remember when the WWE Network launched, we wouldn't, we wouldn't have seen 
you know, we wouldn't have seen um, we wouldn't have seen this kind of thing. That is what the WWE brought to us. It meant when WWE goes around the world and does certain shows, should they so wish, they can turn it into like a pseudo pay-per-view and we can take it from there. So on that point, for me personally, being able to get up at 10 a.m. in the morning and watch a show, you know, thousands of miles across the world was cool. Like, it was different. And if you know, if you're from the UK, you know usually we're watching pay-per-views at one in the morning or getting up at the crack of dawn. So in that sense, it felt like a novelty. It felt fun. And that's kind of, you know, one of the reasons I put money into the WWE Network to get things like this, which are different. With that said, given that it was billed as a pay-per-view, given that there was hours spent to it on Raw with Triple H coming out and other people as well saying, oh, it's Super Showdown. And you come away thinking, well, not a lot happened and a lot of the finishes were, you know, finickety at best. Then I understand why all of a sudden people came away feeling a little bit flat. And I guess it kind of depends what happens at Crown Jewel. Now, there's loads of other controversies around the Saudi Arabia show at the minute. I'm not going to talk about them here because I want everything to play out first. But I will say I do think it's somewhat problematic that a week before or even days before, whenever I think it's about a week. I think it's the Sunday, then the Friday after. You've got the Evolution pay-per-view, which WWE's now started to build, which is obviously an all-women's show. And that's supposed to be empowering and, you know, all that. And it should be. I, I like the idea of Evolution. But then five days, six days later, you also have what is, you know, by a technicality, an all-man show. And that kind of comes at odds. And obviously, there's all this other stuff. I won't talk about it until we 100% know what's going to happen. But it does mean you could get to Crown Jewel from a wrestling perspective and be like, well, this sucks. Because now we've had two of these overseas events, and I don't really have anything to take away from it. Because actually, I don't really know what's going to happen. I mean, we'll talk about Crown Jewel properly in a few weeks' time. But given that Triple, I mean, basically, we didn't see the match. Triple H beat the Undertaker. It was all a big screw job. Sure, Michaels kept getting involved. Kane get involved. And at the end, after you thought they were going to do respect angle, the Brothers of Destructions turns on the would-be DX, and they walk away. But that surely means, given how WWE works, that at Crown Jewel. I think I've just worked this out. At Crown Jewel, you can't have Triple H and Shawn Michaels win. I mean, I guess Shawn Michaels could pin Kane. That's no offence to Kane. But out of these foursome, he's going to go away and be the mayor of Knox County again. So he can easily get away with it. Unless, you know, we are going to have The Undertaker beat Shawn Michaels. And that builds to a match between Taker and Michaels at WrestleMania 35? I don't know. Uh, but tying it into Raw, we did have the angle on Raw where, you know, Triple H and Shawn Michaels come out. For some reason, Triple H talked about mountains <laughs> for a long time, which was really weird. Like you climb the mountain, and when you get to the mountain, if you hadn't seen Super Showdown, you probably were going to be like, I have no idea what the hell he's talking about. But, yeah, that, so that, that all tied in, you know, that all tied into that. And then Shawn Michaels said, oh, I realize that you never respect me, Undertaker, which made no sense. There's been eight years, and I don't think there's been any other disrespect. He's going to come out of retirement at Crown Jewel again. We get DX versus Brothers of Destruction. A lot of, I think it all depends on what happens after this because or certainly what I've seen bit on social media or Reddit or whatever is the general consensus is we don't want Shawn Michaels coming out of retirement for, again, a controversial show in Saudi Arabia and for what is somewhat, I don't want to say it's a nothing tag team match, but again, given everything we've just talked about with these overseas shows and sometimes I'm feeling a little bit lesser than American shows or whatever you want to, however you want to put it, it could come and go. And you'd be like, well, that was all right, but I, I didn't really see much. I mean, it all depends what Shawn Michaels is going to do. Personally, I, you know, I don't, I, I, I can't have any ill will towards Shawn Michaels coming out of retirement, even if it is just for money. Again, I want to keep saying this because I don't want people to think I'm just skirting over it because I'm not. Yes, there's a political issue there, but we'll talk, as I said, we'll talk about that once we know kind of the lay of the land. From a wrestling business point of view, 
especially when it comes to wrestling, you've got to imagine he's making minimum of six fig- seven figures for one night. I don't know many people that would turn that down. I don't know. I'm sure he's doing really well financially, but it seems a bit nuts for anyone to go, well, this is terrible for Shawn Michaels to do. Not really. I, don't, I never believe in this. It's going to affect his legacy because even if he comes back and it's really bad, yeah, we'll talk about it and we'll criticize it. But in 12 months' time, that will just be a footnote and we'll go back to talking about his career in general. So... Yeah, I don't think I don't really think that's uh, that's too big of a deal. We'll have to see what happens. That that's all we can do. I, I I will say that I was surprised by the reaction. Raw was in Chicago this week, and I was surprised that there wasn't a bigger reaction when Shawn Michaels and Triple H said, "Yep, degeneration, degeneration is coming back." I don't know whether that's because the fans didn't quite believe it, and obviously it didn't get announced properly till the end of the show. We'll have to see how Raw and SmackDown play out over the next few weeks. But yeah, I think it's okay. I think it's interesting. What was more interesting, and we will go through the Super Showdown card, man, did WWE go all in with nostalgia on Raw. Now, I like nostalgia. I'm a sucker for it. I think one of my highlights over the last few years is still Goldberg coming back and him doing everything he did uh, with Brock Lesnar. But we had this, the show started with DX, and the Battle Raw was only a couple matches in, maybe an hour in. Let's say each one was at the top of an hour, just for the sake of it. Then we had the WWE World Cup Battle Royale, which you know Baron Corbin had set up to try and win so he could get into the tournament. As just a bunch of jobbers in there, and as it turned out, the the Conquistador was Kurt Angle. So he not only makes his return to Raw, but now he's going to be in that World Cup tournament in Crown, at Crown Jewel. And then you had Trish Stratus and Lita later on in the show after Alexa Bliss and Mickey James had come out, and that's building to a tag team match Evolution. So I don't know whether they saw the ratings from last week, um, you know, which were bad, and decided to you know try and load up with as much nostalgia as possible. But I enjoyed it. I thought it was good fun. But I guess it all depends. I mean, it depends. A lot of people don't like it, but I don't necessarily think it's a bad thing. I don't think it dominated the show. I think as long as you can balance it, and as long as it, as long as it all makes sense, I don't mind old guys or old girls coming back. Uh, and being on the show, especially because it does all make sense. We are building to evolution. We knew Trish was going to be on the show. We know Lita's going to be on the show. I think Beth Phoenix is on it. Uh, there's uh, Michelle McCall. There's loads of people. So you've got to work them into angles now. And that's another problem we've got. And we'll talk about this, not today. But, you know, WWE booking concurrently for two different shows. That's crazy. <laughs> so we have to build to evolution. And we're building to Crown Jewel. And as soon as after we get out of that, we're building to Survivor Series. I mean that could get us into murky waters, but you know we'll have to we'll have to wait uh, we'll have to wait and see. Talking of the WWE World Cup, I tried to defend this on ups and downs for Raw this week, and then on SmackDown, all my arguments got completely thrown out of there. Yeah, I get it. At the moment, the four competitors in the World Cup are Cena, Orton, Hardy, and Angle. So that's American, 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 American. Not really how World Cup tournaments work. Next week, we've got Shinsuke Nakamura versus Rey Mysterio. Now, I said this on SmackDown Ups and Downs. Everyone came at me. I said that Rey Mysterio could be representing Mexico. I know he's from America. I know he's from San Diego. But given his character and his heritage and his influences, I don't think it's going to be too offensive if WWE said he is representing Mexico. That would be okay. Everyone went nuts. I know what I said. And I know and I know what I meant. But... One of them will win, I imagine, Rey Mysterio, because you can't have Rey Mysterio. Rey Mysterio's coming back on SmackDown 1000 officially, full-time. I don't think you can have Rey Mysterio come back and then just lose. And also, clearly, WWE doesn't care about Shinsuke Nakamura. Not on SmackDown again. US Championship still doesn't have a feud. Well, the last feud was what, with Jeff Hardy? It was about three months ago. 
I understand what they're doing with Shinsuke Nakamura. I don't understand what they're doing with the US Championship. I think it's all crazy, but, you know. Uh, one of them will go through. And then I think there's eight. Yes, four from Raw, four from SmackDown. So we've got Cena and Angle from Raw. We've got Orton and Hardy from SmackDown. I'll throw Rey Mysterio in there as two. I imagine Baron Corbin probably gets his way in there somehow because, you know, he's the bad guy GM. Other people I don't know. I'm trying to think who's on the roster that we could actually use. I mean, Rusev could get in there, right? He could represent Bulgaria, although he does have his feud with Aiden English, which I haven't, still haven't talked about Showdown. But, you know, if you've listened to this podcast before, you know, if there's, a, if there's a good segue, we'll just go with the segue. So, yeah, we got the fallout for Rusev versus Aiden English on SmackDown. I thought it was okay. Like, I did find it entertaining. But I would also say there was only so much they could do with this. And I think we've already hit a wall with it, really. Uh, obviously, last week, Aiden English showed his video of him and Lana in a hotel room. And he stopped after she said, I want you. What she actually said is, I want you to know how much I appreciate what you do for Rusev. He then made a move on her. Lana said no. So on and so forth. Now, the really weird part on SmackDown... <laughs> was that somehow Lana and Rusev had hacked Aiden's phone, but they didn't have the phone with them, and clearly they'd paid somebody in the production truck to be in on this hacking. So that was all dumb. I mean, I guess they fight a crown jewel, right? I, 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 that's it, I imagine. And then my only worry about... I think Rusev will be fine. At least I hope he'll be fine. As you know, I love Rusev. But my only worry is what we do with Aiden English after this. I think Aiden English is really good. And I think in this heel role, he's been fantastic. But he's just somebody I can feel being lost in the shuffle very quickly as soon as WWE is, is done with this program. And I hope I'm wrong. But, excuse me, when you look at Raw and SmackDown, you know, Finn Balor is just lost with Bailey at the moment. They're just promoting mixed match challenge stuff, which is okay, but not the most exciting thing. We talked about Shinsuke Nakamura. I had a big list. Jinder Mahal, and he's just treading water now too. There were some other guys I, I thought about as well, and now I've forgotten. But I mean, you know who they are. There's a lot of dudes um, and women who are just not being used at the moment. So I worry that Aiden English may get lost as well. And I hope he doesn't because, you know, we built him up. He's doing well. He's got a character. Like I say, I just, um, I hope that we can, I just don't want to see him fall apart when we could have kept Rusev Day together. You know, unless you've got a long-term plan, I think it's crazy. Uh, right, let's go through Super Showdown so we've got that done. Again, I thought it was a fun show. I enjoyed getting up. I enjoyed watching it again. If you haven't watched, you want to catch up, you can stay here to get a quick version or go over to What Culture and you can hear the uh, the ups and downs on there. Uh, New Day defeated the bar for the SmackDown Tag Team Championship. Well, New Day retained them. It was fine. It was a standard tag match. Um, I thought it was a bit weird that neither team were on SmackDown. I didn't understand that quite so much because clearly you want to build to something with the SmackDown titles now. Uh, but yeah, it was okay. Charlotte, we're going to talk about... Right, the reason I want to do this is now I want to talk about Charlotte versus Becky in general. So at the pay-per-view, and I think this is where a lot of people's criticisms came from, like this isn't an actual show. Charlotte beat Becky Lynch via DQ because Becky Lynch just smashed her in the face with the title. Now, straight away, that drew a line under us and how WWE sees Becky Lynch. Doesn't mean we have to react to it like this as fans, and it doesn't seem like we're going to. But, you know, there was kind of a, a discussion beforehand, and I had it on here as well. Maybe WWE's changed their minds when it came to how to treat Becky Lynch. And even though she's a bad guy, she's got, like, a Steve Austin anti-hero persona. That ain't the case. Steve Austin within the way that Becky Lynch did it, never smashed somebody with the titles to get out of matches. That would, you know, that was never going to happen. And a lot of people seem to get upset about that as well. Like, no, it doesn't mean that at all. I think it does. In WWE's eyes, they are trying to get Becky Lynch booed and Charlotte 
cheered. Now, Charlotte doesn't get cheered, but she doesn't get booed either. But absolutely, Becky Lynch gets cheered. And this is why I want to talk about this, so we move on to SmackDown. Because I did like how SmackDown started. SmackDown started, we had an advert for the WWE World Cup, and then we transitioned straight away. Charlotte was in the ring, Becky was in the ring, the referee was holding up the title, and we were doing a match for the Women's Championship. And I did like that. I thought it was good. It doesn't mean I have to then enjoy the finish. This is something else that everybody came and lovingly told me on social media. It's like, oh, Simon, you said it was great that SmackDown did something different (laughs) with the opening. But then by the end, you were giving it a down, saying it's a bad finish. It was a bad finish. And I understand that every single episode of SmackDown does start with people coming out talking. And while I enjoyed the change at first, if by the end of it, you're going to give me a double count out, which is what happened versus on Charlotte versus Becky... Just don't do it. Do a talking segment. Because no one likes those kind of finishes. A load of people were into that match, both in the arena and watching on TV. And then they were a little bit like, ugh, once WWE did that. Especially because SmackDown had a lot of non-finishes. Like Even the Samoa Joe versus Jeff Hardy match, which was a qualifier for the World Cup. That just ended with the referee calling it off and giving Hardy the win because Samoa Joe hurt his knee. Non-finishes do wear out crowns. So yes, I would much rather we did something different at the start of every SmackDown. But if it's just going to win like that, don't do it. But luckily, they did save it. This is what I would have done personally. I mean, what do I know? Nothing. But Becky Lynch cuts a promo. Charlotte comes out, brawl. Then Charlotte spears her through the uh, the SmackDown set, which is what we um, which is what we did at the end of this thing. And that was really really cool. It got the fans back into it. It justified Paige's reasoning for making their their match at uh, Evolution the first ever women's uh, last man standing match. Women's last man standing, last women's standing match. Sorry, that's just that's just in my brain now. Uh, that's that's going to be hard to say. I'm so used to saying last man standing match. I've done so for 20 years. Also, the person that came at me and said, well, NXT's done one. That doesn't count as WWE. I didn't make those rules. WWE made those rules, so it counts in in that sense. I think that was the problem, right? Going back to my, my, my point is that you had Charlotte versus Becky at Super Showdown, non-finish, DQQ doesn't count. And they did the same thing on SmackDown. Again, it does wear people out. That was my problem with it. But I do think they have good matches. I do think they have good chemistry. And if somehow Becky can come out the other side of Evolution still as the champion, I think there's a really good story to tell. I think Charlotte will get it back eventually. But I have a, an aching feeling that she may lose. But we'll talk about that the week before uh, Evolution, as we know. Lashley and Cena beat Elias and Kevin Owens. John Cena came out looking like Mark Wahlberg slash John Bradshaw Layfully well, did. This was bizarre now in hindsight because Lashley went heel on Raw, which I'll talk about in one sec. But he just sold the entire time here, which doesn't really feel like a Bobby Lashley thing to do. And then when Cena got the hot tag, he beat Elias in like 30 seconds. Did all his moves. He got a new six move of doom when he punches someone. And that was that. It's just bizarre to me. Like, I get it, it's John Cena, right? And I did, it, I did think it was exciting seeing him back. He's, he's a really big deal. But Elias has been so well, doing so well recently, arguably been the highlight of Raw, especially given what he'd done a few days earlier with that crowd in Seattle, I think they were in. I think so. Maybe I'm wrong. Um, to then just let him end like this. Like, I actually do think that Elias could lose forever and he'd be okay because he's so good at his guitar stick stuff. Yeah, he just, he just does. He gets away with it. However, with that said... I just don't know why you would do it this way. I just It felt very strange to me. John Cena then cut a goodbye promo afterwards. Of course, it wasn't a good pride promo. He's going to be at Crown Jewel. He does this a lot. I guess he thought it was the last time he was going to be in Australia, right? So he wanted to say goodbye. Still odd. He's got a funny haircut. It looks a bit like a soccer dad. <laughs> then this is, and again, this ties into this feeling about Super Showdown being a bit strange. AJ Styles then beat Samoa Joe by submission. Now, this match was excellent. 
It was brilliant. And it tied into what happened a few days later because Samojo injured his knee during this match and he sold it on SmackDown. Samojo is the best. He's wonderful. You know, throw everything in the air. But as I've said, everywhere when I've been talking about it in the build-up to that show, I just really felt this was Samojo's time. Now, thankfully, I don't actually think he's going to be moved away from the title picture and that gives me faith. I don't think he's going to win it at this point. I just don't. But as long as he doesn't move away too far from it, I think... This ties into all the Daniel Bryan Miz stuff. So this is going to get a bit convoluted now, but you know, there's so much there's crossing threads at the moment. But it does tie in, in into that too, because I think eventually before the end of the year, we're going to be getting AJ Styles versus the Miz versus Daniel Bryan versus Samoa Joe. And I'm all right with that. And again, the match on Super Showdown was brilliant. It was my highlight of the night. I thought those two were just so good together. But seeing Samoa Joe tap out cleanly, I understand he was selling his leg. I just felt like everything he'd done with AJ's family and all the dastardly stuff, I thought to really cement his heel status and back up everything that he he had said, he needed to win and walk away with AJ's title. And he could have cheated. He could have done all manner of things. He's Samoa Joe, but he didn't. He just lost. And it's kind of the problem I had with the Nakamura-Styles feud as well. They almost fall into Bray Wyatt territory. You know, Bray Wyatt is so good beforehand, but then when it comes to getting the job done, which is being a professional wrestler... He loses. And I do think down the line that will start to ruin somebody's character. Now, I think Samoa Joe is so good he'll be fine. Um, unless they stop featuring him. Because I thought the same about Nakamura. But he can't do anything if he's not put in front of a television camera. So that was a bit upsetting. But again, like we'll, we'll jump around here. Because um, Daniel Bryan defeated The Miz in about 30 seconds to become the number one contender. Now, I've heard two things about this. My original inclination was that potentially... They'd overrun on the show. They knew they only had four hours or whatever it was. So they thought, well, he can just roll him up and get the win. Then other people, speculatively, this is not, I saw people getting mad about this. It's speculation. And it's speculation and rumors that I just thought, oh, maybe that's interesting. On SmackDown the, the, the few days before, Daniel Bryan did do that diving headbutt onto Shelton Benjamin. Apparently, you know, he didn't get knocked silly, but apparently it was misjudged and he did hurt his head. So everyone's like, oh man, maybe they wouldn't let him wrestle. I don't know if that is the case. It didn't seem to have any fallout when it came to, to SmackDown the week after. But it was strange. I think, in fact, let's look it up. I want to get the exact time. The exact time was 2 minutes and 25, which is, you know, absolutely bizarre. I just want to say at this point, a load of people saying cool things in the comments. Uh, thank you very much. It's really nice. It's, it's weird to do this live, especially if you're listening to the archive audio version where I kind of have to you know, balance two audiences, but it's nice. Thank you to everyone commenting and stuff. We are going to do a Q&A in around about 10 minutes time. So, you know, please do ask your questions in the comments when we get there. Otherwise, otherwise uh, I'll miss it. And once again, shout out to my man, John Denton, my Rock Reacts brother, who who threw two pounds into the mix to be a super chat because he's a good dude. Again, you can go you can go check him out on YouTube as well. And you can go check out Rock Reacts as well. Cheap plug halfway through the podcast. But yeah, I, so we are getting, you know, Daniel Bryan versus AJ Styles. But the biggest disappointment I had was they're doing it at Crown Jewel. And I just, again, because I've got this real worry hanging over my head that potentially that's just going to be another throwaway event. I'm like, oh man, don't do that. But I don't, I don't like to criticize. I like to be positive. I may be completely wrong. Maybe they were using Super Showdown to build loads of stuff for Crown Jewel. I don't know. And I, but either way, AJ Styles versus Daniel Bryan for the WWE title, I think we could have all... How can you be down about that? I don't know. There is one guy that tweets me a lot that says he hates Daniel Bryan. He won't like it. But I'm really excited for that. I think it's going to be great. And given that the, the, on SmackDown, the Miz did a, a Miz TV segment, what is AJ Styles and... Daniel Bryan basically being like respect buddies and insulting the Miz, you got to figure he's gonna, you know, he's gonna get involved too. Also, 
Again, we don't go through SmackDown uh, minute to minute like we used to because it's pointless and you can go, there's me doing that in other places. But I do have to say, the Miz's line that AJ Styles doesn't have to worry about Daniel Bryan breaking into his house like Samoa Joe did because if Bryan does, he's just going to tend to his garden. The Miz's money. If the Miz becomes WWE champion by the end of the year, I'm going to be all right with it. I really am. I think he's earned it. I think he's deserved it. And I think he's, he's just great. He's got to that point now where he's such a good heel. I kind of like him, even though he's so good at playing the asshole. He's probably done that for a while. Uh, Rousey and the Bellas beat the Riot Squad. This is now utterly irrelevant because all we need to do is talk about what happened on Raw where finally, finally, I thought it was going to happen in Australia. Nikki Bella turns on Ronda. Well, they both did, Brie and Nikki. They beat her up. Ronda fought back for a little bit and eventually, you know, she, she succumbed to the odds. Now, some people don't like the idea of Ronda Rousey versus Nikki Bella headlining evolution. And you'd have to imagine that's what it's going to be. As far as I can tell, the Raw Women's Championship is considered... Not more important than the SmackDown one, but just history has told us that Raw will always, you know, be higher than than SmackDown. But I'm all right with it. I don't know what the match is going to be like. We have to imagine it's a one and done as well. I don't think we're going to get a prolonged feud here. And if we do, it's probably only to get Ronda Rousey into the new year where she can start building to a WrestleMania 35 program against Charlotte or whoever they want to do it, uh, uh, do it with. I did like, I do think it's fair, on Raw, we never found out the explanation to why Nikki did it, and I was worried we were going to do a promo. I know they put a video online up afterwards, which I haven't actually watched yet, but I know it exists. But I like that. Give me a reason to tune into Raw next week. They don't do that anymore. Excuse me. And a big criticism of WWE is not advertising reasons to tune into their shows. And that's why I like this. I like this immensely. I don't know. Right now, if I'm not sort of watching YouTube, I think it was on YouTube. Let's go. Ch- and that's going to take too long. But I think there's a, a video of Nikki Bella explaining stuff. But um, yeah, I'm all right with it. I, I, I'll find out next week. I imagine the reason's going to be like, you walked into my world and just think blah, blah, blah. But that's fine. It works. I don't hate it. I think it's a good direction for Ronda Rousey going into into Evolution. She got one of the biggest evasions in Chicago when she walked out on Raw, which I liked. It makes her feel like more of a star, and she's a massive star anyway. So she's kind of balancing both these um, both these these walks. And yeah, I, I I think it was okay. Again, it made that Super Showdown match be absolutely pointless, but you know. Yes, I, I, I was okay with it. I just saw a question in the comments from Ruffles with Cheese, the greatest username ever. Make sure you ask again when we do the Q&A link in around about five, ten minutes' time. Otherwise, I, I will forget. And I want to, as, as if you've never watched the pro wrestling or listened to the pro wrestling podcast before, welcome. Thank you very much. That's how we do it. Half the show is kind of dedicated to talking about everything that's gone on in the week. And the other half is a Q&A. You can head on over to Simon Miller's Pro Wrestling Podcast Facebook group. Just search for it and like the group. Come join. And we're here once a week, I asked, uh, we get a Q&A thread going and we try and get through as many questions as possible. And, you know, I'm pimping this either. Twitter at SimonMiller316, Instagram at SimonMiller316. And all of this, the reason I'm able to do this is thanks to patreon.com forward slash SimonMiller316. So you can head on there, throw a dollar in, and it allows me uh, allows me to do this stuff. Especially on days like today, where I'm like, well, I've got to get it done because people are supporting me. And that's just, uh, it's just a nice feeling, if nothing else. Uh, Cedric Alexander beat, um, uh, sorry, Cedric Alexander lost his cruiserweight title to Buddy Murphy. I don't really think we need to talk about this too much. It was great. Buddy Murphy was in his hometown. They loved him. He won. It was a really good moment. Justified the whole show for me because imagine how good Buddy Murphy felt. So, um, yeah, just just awesome. Just awesome. We kind of done Triple H. I think we need to talk about that again. So let's talk about the Shield beating Braun Strowman, Dolph Ziggler, and Drew McIntyre. Simply because I thought it was crazy that two days later or three days later, WWE just turned it around on Raw. 
The really weird thing was, they continued the story into Super Showdown of what's Dean Ambrose going to do, what's Dolph Ziggler going to do, and really they kind of underlined it from a Shield point of view. Dean Ambrose seemed to be okay with everything and he went back to it. You could have probably continued to play the Dolph Ziggler angle and that would have made sense. But on Raw, it was almost as if this Australian thing had never happened. Like, <laughs> it's just like, what? Because... What happened in Dean and Dean Ambrose did get beat with the Claymore. So on Raw, it was the the Shield versus the Dogs of War, whatever they're called again. But this time, the Shield lost, and it was Dean Ambrose that took the fall. He got Claymore kicked by uh, by uh, I say Drew Barrymore, <laughs> Drew McIntyre. Imagine it was Drew Barrymore. How much more would you like it if on Raw you tuned in and it was Braun Strowman, Dolph Ziggler, and Drew Barrymore? Don't even pretend you'd love it, especially if Drew Barrymore Claymore kicked Dean Ambrose for the win. That would be brilliant. Look, if anyone, I don't think they do, but if anyone from WWE watches this or listens, please go book Drew Barrymore. I think she's been on the show before. I'm going to look that up. I'm gonna, this is the beauty of doing it live. We can do this stuff. I'm pretty sure Drew Barrymore was on WWE once. Nope, made that up. Never. <laughs> it doesn't come up anywhere when I search it. But let's move on from that. That's nuts. I really want it. I really want it. But yeah, I don't see what happened in Dean Ambrose's world that all the match ended. He just walked off. He left Roman Reigns and Seth Rollins in the ring. And I was like, why? Why are we just. Why? Why? I, it made, and I like it. From a personal point of view, I really enjoy the fact that Dean Ambrose is being teased to leave the Shield. Now, I know he's only just come back, but I've changed my mind on it now. I think he should leave. I think he should go heal. I think it's right for the character. I'm a bit bored of the Shield. Don't know why. Uh, from a, from a, a program point of view, I think. Because they teed throughout Raw as well that both Drew and Braun are mad at Dolph Ziggler. But then during the match when Braun got in Drew's, uh, Dolph's face, Drew McIntyre got in Braun's face. And there was kind of a buzz there. People were excited about that. You know, I ultimately, I really do think that, you know, when Drew McIntyre gets his big singles push, he's going to go on a tear. You think he's brilliant. I think he looks better now than ever. And I do like, like I said, I do like it. That's my favorite thing about this feud. However... The reasoning for it seems a little bit lackluster. But, you know, like in all WWE shows now, next week we'll have forgotten about it. I think the main reason I'm not into it from a a feud point of view is because I feel like it undermines the tag team titles and also undermines the intercontinental title. I'd like to be seeing feuds for for those. But again, it does feel much like treading water before Crown Jewel. But I hope that we go, I hope that we do go back into, yeah, we'll just push those belts. I don't think it's ever going to happen again. I don't think titles in WWE are ever going to feel as important as they did when I was a kid. It was my favorite thing about them. But we will see. We will see. But yeah, it's weird. I'm just a bit bored of the Shield. I don't know why. Do you tell me. Let me know. If, if maybe I've gone crazy. Maybe I didn't like them enough first time around. I, I don't have an answer for you. I really, really, really don't have an answer for you. But it, um, yeah, it was, a bit of a, it was a bit of a weird one. When I was watching it going, yeah, it was all right. It was okay. It is what it is. Uh, and so on and so forth. I can't remember if last week... I can't remember when the New Japan show was. I did watch Cody uh, Omega Ibushi. I thought it was great. A lot of people said it wasn't what they hoped it to be. I really enjoyed it. I think I'm just a bit of a fanboy of Cody Rhodes these days. I just respect him so much for leaving the WWE and going on this incredible run and now becoming you know, one of the biggest people outside of, of, of WWE or the indie scene, whatever, non-WWE, whatever you want to call it. Yeah, I just think I don't know, I think it was awesome. I just think it was really, really, really awesome. So I enjoyed it. I can't remember much of the rest of the show now because if I did see it, it was a good week ago. But yeah, I thought it was a decent show. I thought I enjoyed it. We are going to get Tanahashi versus Omega at Wrestle Kingdom next year in January. I mean, that's going to rock. That's going to be brilliant. And then we'll find out what's happening with all those dudes. 
uh, after the fact as well. Let me just go check to... I, well, the other thing I wanted to talk about, and again, if I've missed... This is the best thing about doing it live. If I've... Um, if I've missed anything, please give me a shout out in the comments now and I'll, 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 try, I'll try and catch it. I know we do have that super chat thing where I'll see it more obviously. It's the first time I've done it. So, you know, bear with me as, as we go through all of this, but I'll do, I'll do my best. But obviously the rumor this week as well has been that there was this meeting between Impact and WWE a few weeks ago. Seems like it's going to be some kind of content deal. They've been sharing it anyway. But then all these rumors came out. And don't get me wrong. I understand a rumor in WWE can come from nowhere these days. You know, it can just, it can just pop out. Uh, uh, from a wrestling news site, and it, it, gar- it gathers some weight. But there's a lot of people saying that Chris Jericho is going to turn up for Bound for Glory. I think it's this weekend. Now, he was at the New Japan show. He attacked Evil, and they're going to fight next month, I think, in November the 3rd, November the 2nd. That's going to be cool. What I mean, imagine a year ago, I had told you, next year, we're going to get Evil versus Chris Jericho for the uh, IWGP Intercontinental Championship. You'd be like, excuse me? That doesn't make any sense. So I think that's really cool. But... Yeah, the, the rumor was that Chris Jericho is going to turn up for Impact. Now, I usually I would just put that down to, yeah, whatever, it's not going to happen. But given everything that he's done, given his relationships to that program now, given that Don Callis and some other dudes at the Winnipeg Trio are, are good friends with Jericho, and that WWE Impact may now have a working relationship, maybe WWE just doesn't see it like any kind of threat anymore, and nor should they, let's be honest with ourselves. There's, there's no need for WWE to worry about impact. Maybe they don't care about Chris Jericho working up and turning up and working there. Maybe they don't maybe they don't think it's gonna make a difference. Good point. New gen wrestling. Sorry, I just caught the train of my eye. I didn't talk about iconics versus Oscar and Naomi. It was in my notes as well. Why did I do that? I don't know. I just jumped right under. Maybe because there's not much to say. Iconics won in their home country. Oscar and Naomi feel like a tag team that's been put together because we're gonna get women's champions soon. They weren't on SmackDown, neither of them. <sighs> that was that. <laughs> but you are right. Thank you for uh, thank you for pointing that out. Um, but yeah, I, I don't think it's out of the realms of possibility that Chris Jericho could turn up. I don't see him doing a proper feud. But maybe he does something with Austin Aries. Maybe he does something with someone like the Moose or Johnny Impact. Maybe. I don't know. I think it would cause a buzz. And I think it would certainly get eyes on Impact. But if W don't care, and this is part of some kind of working arrangement they have, I'm probably living in La La Land a little bit. But, you know, when I heard about it, I didn't necessarily think that that is, uh, that, you know, that was the worst thing. The, the, the crazy, not as crazy as it could have been back in, the, uh, back in the day. So I'm just going through. Oh, Paul Heyman was on Raw as well. He came out and he, you know, basically bigged up Brock Lesnar. We're now building to that triple threat matchup at Crown Jewel, obviously. I'm just slowly going through. I forgot to check if any, I always like to check if, uh, if news is broken you know, while I'm doing these things or just before, and I didn't today. Just spotted this. This is from the Wrestling Observer Newsletter this week, apparently. Wrestlers in New Japan, very unhappy with new management, feel the fun of working for the company has disappeared. Ready for this? Some who are not considering WWE offers months ago have changed their mind. Dun, 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 dun. So that's exciting, isn't it? Look at that. Imagine. Imagine. Look, classic, right? You either die a hero or you live long enough to see yourself become the villain. Can you imagine? Because there has been a lot of behind-the-scenes changes at New at New Japan. Can you imagine if it led to some people going, you know what, this isn't what it used to be. I just want to go to WWE. If that, oh, man, with all the money WWE has as well, that really, I mean, they've already done it. But that really would be just locking down wrestling all the way. We'll wait and see. We'll wait and see. Good grief, is that going to be... Is that going to be crazy? Okay, right. So I think that's everything that's gone down this week. I don't think there's anything else that's gone on. If I've forgotten, you'll have to forgive me. 
Um, but I like to keep these to around an hour and I want to get make sure we get as many questions in as possible. So again, quick pimp, you can go over to Simon as Pro Wrestling, um, the Facebook group, just search for Simon as Pro Wrestling Podcast, make sure you join, you can ask questions, I do a thread. I, I try and do it a couple of days before the show and sometimes I wake up and go, damn it. But you know, I'll always make sure I get to as many as I can. And as we are doing this live on my YouTube channel, youtube.com forward slash the Miller Report Rules, where all the podcasts will go up either via live or you know via the recording I put up afterwards, ask me some questions in the chat. Again, you can use Super Chat if you want. I'll definitely get to those ones, and I will do as many as I can in the um, in the Facebook group too. So let's just do it. We'll just get on with it. And uh, you know, if there's any other news articles, you items I should say you want me to talk about, we can do that too. And we can chat about as much as we can. But Charlie Esparza, do you think Impact should bring back the King of the Mountain Ladder match as a Money in the Bank style match at Bound for Glory or Slammiversary to determine the number one contender for Bound for Glory, rebooting it from a convoluted reverse ladder match to a multi-man ladder match? There was a lot of words in there, Charlie. I, I look. I think I've always said this. Um, if a good idea is working in one wrestling company, I don't think it's a problem somebody else borrowing it. And moving it across because it must mean people like it. And also, if you can do it better than, say, how WWE is doing it, that may even get more eyes on your product. For example, I always use this. I know it's a strange tangent, but Gears of War, right? Gears of War had active reload, which was you hit reload. But if you hit it again at a specific time when a bar hit the sweet spot, you would have more powerful bullets for around five to ten seconds. And I couldn't believe that nobody really, in the third-person shooter or first-person shooter world, jumped onto that. I thought it was so good, I thought everybody would go nuts after it. But they really, really didn't. I think it's the same with wrestling. If when you, want, you need to come up with your own spin just a little bit. You don't want to call it cash in the briefcase. That's a bit too much. But hey, like you said, Charlie, if you can come up with ways to make it work for your company, it's a concept that fans like, and it's going to build buzz, why the hell not? Loads of the best ideas are stolen. I see why I, I see why videos all the time. <laughs> and again, that's not the most inventive concept. You know, the idea of why has been around for a while, but I also see people slapping their heads. And imitation is the sincerest form of flattery, of course. But again, if it works and you think you can do a better idea or better version of it, I, I've got no I've got no problem with it. I certainly wouldn't roll my eyes at impact at all. I'd be like, yeah, makes sense. Garth Jackson, following Jericho's latest appearance in New Japan, do you think he'll show up in any other promotions, especially as his cruise is in three weeks? Well, I, I, thank you for mentioning that. That's the other reason I think potentially he turns up a bound for glory. There are impact guys on that show. He hasn't sold out his cruise. That's not a negative thing. I'm just That's just a fact. I'm sure it's done well and he's made loads of money and respect for him to doing it in the first place. But it's great last minute promotion. He did it all in. I'm gonna it may not happen. Wouldn't surprise me if it did. Stephen S. Armstrong. If WWE keep Kevin Owens and Elias together, do you think it could lead to the Elias Shania Twain duet that the world has been waiting for? I think there's more chance of Chris Jericho showing up in Impact than Shania Twain showing up on Raw. Drew Barrymore. I'd rather want now. Also, we didn't talk about the um uh, the Bobby Lashley heel turn, which I really liked. Bobby Lashley basically turned heel on Raw. Leah Roche was outside the ring all the time, you know, trying to jeer him on in a very obnoxious way. Seems like they've done an injury angle for Kevin Owens too, so he's going to go away for a while. I am all right as Bobby Lashley and uh, with Bobby Lashley and Leah Rush's heels. I think that's all right. I'm up for it. That, that's all I'll say. On the subject of injuries as well, I, I said I was going to give an update last week. It certainly does seem like I'm going to have surgery on my shoulder, which I injured being a wrestler a few months ago. Unfortunately, in the UK, if you don't know the NHS. And this isn't a criticism of them either. It's just how it works. It takes a while. Well, I am having it. It's, it's going to be at some point next month. I'm waiting for a day. I had one day, but unfortunately, it had to be moved for various reasons. 
So yes, it's going to take me out of the game for a while, which is very upsetting. It's been, you know, been quite tough. But I'm going to do a separate video about that on my channel again, youtubecom report rules. So we will talk about that. Um, yeah, we'll talk about that at, at some point. Um, Charlie again. What if AJ turns heel for his second half of his W title run and reunites the club versus Brian? Run roughshod on SmackDown Live again. There's more chance of Drew Barrymore turning up on Raw, but I like it. I appreciate it. Uh, I like it. Um, I like it a lot. Uh, it would be. It would be good. It would be fun. It would be interesting. It would get people talking. But I think right now they see AJ Styles as just the you know the premier babyface. So um, I, I can't see it happening. A uh, shout out to my man Gary Ahuja as well. I hope I pronounced that well. Who also just gave me some some cash through Super Chat, which is crazy to me. I didn't even know what Super Chat was until recently. So. Thank you very much, man. I, I really appreciate that. That, that, that. That's just really nice. And you said, love you, mate. Carry on. I will. You carry on too. Thanks for being uh, Thanks for being a good dude. David Ayers in the comments also said, is Kevin Owens a face now? I don't think so. I think by the time he comes back after knee surgery, which I think is what he's having, he'll just go back to being a heel. But we, uh, we will wait and see. Uh, Joe McKinnon. Hi, Simon. Hope everything's going well with the rehab and best wishes on the recovery. Thank you, Joe. Are you looking forward to or dreading the possible Triple H Michael skits on Raw in the lead-up to Saudi Arabia? I know that 2006 era with them has a very Marmite feel if you either love it or you hate it. Well, it's funny you say that. That was my biggest worry. I didn't necessarily like the revamped DX. In fact, I didn't. There's no point pretending otherwise. I thought it came across a little bit difficult. So, difficult's the wrong way. It just wasn't funny. Just didn't find it entertaining. I think sometimes... I don't say they went into business for themselves, but they kind of crossed that line between being too self-indulgent or not being self-indulgent. They were just too self-indulgent. That was the thing. So you're right. I think there is a fine line to play. But again, to me, when it comes to nostalgia, it's all about balancing old stars with new stars and never overshadowing the new stars. I don't think they've done that so far. I think they've done it quite well. I think, you know, all the stuff has made me want to see more of it. But yeah, you're right. I don't necessarily like Triple H and... Um, Shawn Michaels as a duo I like them separately I think they do better separately but I, I'm going to wait and see what happens on Raw next week I think that's a, that will be an interesting um, example of what to expect Taylor Vine Hi Simon do you think the supposed Impact WWE invasion well I haven't heard about that will happen and if so would you be excited to see Aries versus Reigns or Styles that's brand new I can't see WWE doing that just because that really does shine a spotlight onto Impact. If you have Impact guys on Raw or SmackDown, then you may get people Googling them or trying to figure out what this other organization is. And I don't think they would do that. So no, I, I'd be surprised. Of course, I'd love to see it. I'd love to. I mean, this is the problem. That if Austin Aries comes back, he was a 205 Live guy last time we saw him. And I don't think now WWE is going to put him in a Raw or SmackDown main event. I'd love to see it. I think maybe he was mis, uh, misutilized or underutilized when he was in the cruiserweight division. But that is it seems strange to me. That kind of paints the picture that it's okay to leave and then you'll come back. And I don't see that. No, I can't see that happening. I hope I'm wrong, but I can't see that happening. Grant Weaving. Hi, Simon. Would you like to see a gimmick that is the complete opposite of a normal wrestling character? E.g., somebody that calls out the bullshit in wrestling like Lana's sudden accent change. In other words, the internet fan... But as a character, so me, you'd like me as a... <laughs> no, I mean, I would and I wouldn't. It's, it's a bit too WCW. I like, as much as I agree with you, I hate the fact that Lana's accent disappeared and the amount of storylines that drop off the face of the planet. When you start pointing towards that within, you know, within your own organization, then I think it all falls apart because 
you're just making it too obvious. That's what WCW did, right? You had people coming out saying, oh, that guy isn't following the script or that wasn't meant to happen. And that's too much. I understand we all know what pro wrestling is, but I want to buy into it when I watch. And I feel like if you pull the rug out from me too much, it's just a bit insulting. And I just feel like, well, you know, it also underlines how stupid some of the decisions are. So I would like to see it, but I think it would also just ruin my appreciation of the whole show. Uh, Michael Carlson, would you prefer to attend a Raw or SmackDown taping or a house show? It depends, really. Uh, I don't have a preference. I mean, going to Raw sometimes can be quite hard because it's three hours. Obviously, I've had, had breaks as well, which they tie into everything. I, I don't mind. I don't mind. Uh, I just like going to the WWE Live, to be honest. I think it's fun. And if you've never gone, I would highly recommend you do go because it may give you... If you feel a bit negative about the product, I feel like if you go to a live show, it gives you a bit of a... Oh, yeah, resting's fun. Garth Jones, got two questions for you. What do you think of Cena's hair? Well, I'm not in a position to comment about anybody's hair. So as long as he likes it and he's happy, two thumbs up from me. Uh, and the other night, I had a dream which included a fool. Why Dean Ambrose should turn heel by yourself? Do you think he should turn heel? And if so, why? I, I absolutely do. I think he should turn heel. I, I wanted him to wait off a little bit because he only just come back. And I feel like there's always a certain amount of comeback momentum you can have when you do, when you do first come back. But after what's been going on now, no, I would say, yeah, let's turn him heel. Uh, let's go into Seth Rollins versus Dean Ambrose for the IC Championship, but the roles are reversed from their last feud. I just think he'd be better at it. I, I don't think he's got any much momentum now because the way he's been booked and his storyline recently. And I think it would be much more enjoyable for him to come back in that fashion. Not come back in that fashion, but transition into that now. So yes, Dean Ambrose should go heel. And I think it would, yeah, I just think it would light a fire under the IC title as well. Uh, we'll do one from the comments quickly. Ruffles with cheese. Thoughts on Ray returning to WWE? Who would you like to feud with Ray? Look, I think it, anyone coming back to the WWE that has a huge name value, I can't see a negative in it. Ray Mysterio is great. I'm glad he's going to SmackDown. I think he'll fit in better there. Yeah, I think it's awesome. And if he can start a feud for the US title with Nakamura, Shinsuke Nakamura versus Ray Mysterio. Who would have gone now? Nah, I don't want to see that at the beginning of the year. So yeah, it's um, it's, it's two thumbs up from me. Uh, where are we? James Harvey. Do we have preconceived notions of simple face heel turns that cloud our judgment of what WWE is trying to do? We're getting in deep here. I like it. Have WWE manip manipulated us all into thinking they tried to turn Becky heel, but using today's smarter and more defiant fan base to in fact turn her from face to white hot super baby face? Are they aware of generic opinions on characters and swerve into that by alternative means to get the reaction they want? If you look at Elias and Kevin Owens, they're half heel, half face. They're funny, get huge sympathy all the time, yet still run down the crowd. There's more examples of this. Is it on purpose or are WWE so naive they can't see what's going on? Just ignore Roman Reigns in this scenario because if you think about it, Roman makes my question stupid. P.S. Where is the Spider-Man Let's Play? There's a lot in there, James. Thank you. Right, the Spider-Man Let's Play... I ordered a laptop because I wanted to start doing live streams like this. And I thought, that's how we do our Let's Plays on the Miller Report channel. And I thought it'd be a lot easier. So I ordered a laptop. The laptop still isn't here. If you looked at my Twitter earlier at SimonLiv316, you would have found out that it's been delayed again. So I'm just going to go back to getting them done. Because originally, I wanted to start live streaming and finish that game. So I am sorry about that. It's out of my hands. It's been over a month, almost a month now. As for the rest of it, no, I don't think WWE thinks like that. I just... Look, they've got their own ideas, they've got their own stories, they've got their own opinions on what should be done, and sometimes they'll listen to the fans, more often than not they'll stick to it and, unless they're backed into a corner. So no, I don't think they are doing that. Um, I just think they wanted to turn Becky Lynch heel. I thought they thought it was a good idea, they wanted to a few with Charlotte, and like is the way in 2018, fans disagreed with it, so they've eminently, you know, fought back against it, and I think that's kind of just it. Um, I think it is just that simple. But I like the way you think. 
Thomas Speller, do you watch Impact Wrestling and would you do reviews on it for what culture? I watch Impact when I can. As you can imagine, trying to fit all the wrestling there is in a week is, is next to impossible. I mean, I think we would do it on what culture if people wanted to see it. But I, I kind of feel like when Impact stuff is done, it does less views. And that's the nature of the beast, right? You do things that people want to see. But, you know, you never, you never know. Miles Hammer, worst ever pay-per-view name. Beware of dog. Terrible. Uh, Thomas Speller, what's the worst match you've ever seen? I don't like answering questions like that. I know it makes me an asshole, but wrestling's really hard, and I don't want to. I, I, I just, I just don't do it. I can't even think of one either. So, <laughs> um, James Hunt, hi Simon. I hope this week is treating you well. How do you feel about John Cena's speech after his match at Super Showdown? Given that on next Raw it was announced he'd be competing at the World Cup of America in Saudi Arabia. Personally, it took the shine off his speech as he's back in less than a month. And WWE's booking this week seemed to just repeat Super Showdown. So I'm guessing they didn't expect their American audience to watch the Australian shows. So doesn't really count. I think John Cena has done those speeches before. I imagine he did it because he thought he was in Australia for the last time, as we said. But yeah, it was a bit weird. It felt like a retirement speech, and then it wasn't. I just think John Cena does those things from, from time to time. Uh, and Syed Shah, is Angle's return a good thing? They've already botched his GM run. I think we've got to wait and see with that. He looked fine on Raw. Depends who he's feuding with. It depends how it goes. Well, Again, we'll have to wait and see. I can't comment on it until I, until, until I know more. Again, if he's happy, it's hard to criticize. Keith Moffat, do you think WWE is pulling a swerve with the Shield? Looks like they're making it too obvious that Dean will turn. Well, maybe it'll actually be Reigns. Once again, I think there's more chance of Drew Barrymore turning up. <laughs> but I hope you're right. Tristan Dan Whitcomb, who has been your most underrated wrestler so far in 2018? I think I give it to Aiden English. I think he's been great. Also, shout out to my man, Kurt Hawkins, who I always like. I think we could do more with him. And he's got a built-in storyline. Um, hope you're enjoying your week and making a recovery. Slowly but slowly, Tristan. Well, really, the recovery will be next month. But yes, uh, they'd be my two. Billy Radborn, should Eugene return for SmackDown 1000? On a side note, how did they get away with a character like Eugene? Well, we can ask that about a lot of characters in, in WWE. I don't have the answer. If only I did, but I, I don't know. I think sometimes, and we've all been through this, WWE just does things where you're like, I don't understand how we're here, I don't understand why we're here, and I don't understand who this was for. But, you know, that's wrestling. It's not an excuse. But it's true. He could return for SmackDown 1000, although I'd rather he didn't with that character. That character was controversial and difficult, <laughs> to say the least. Uh, John Gartside, favorite manager of all time. Mine is probably Bobby Heenan. Yep, I'd put Bobby Heenan in there too. I always really enjoyed Paul Bearer as well, especially because when I was a kid, I didn't pick up on the name because I'm an idiot. Yeah, I, th I think Bobby Heenan, I think you'd be hard pushed to argue against that because he was funny and he was going on commentary, which made you like him even more. And he had a great stable of wrestlers at him and Mr. Perfect and him and Ric Flair together was just genius. I, I would say I would say Bobby Heenan. Uh, just popping into the comments quickly. Big E, do you think the NWA brand will be reborn with Cody and the Bucks along with New Japan and Ring of Honor influence? You never know, right? You never know what's going to catch on in 2018. I hope that it continues to go from strength to strength. I think all the all-in stuff helped. My gut says it will be a niche, but a good niche, a successful niche. Um, but I don't necessarily think it will be reborn. Like WWE is wrestling now, right? You don't want it. It's like UFC. People don't say, "Do you watch MMA?" They say, "Do you watch UFC?" It's the same with WWE, and I think that will be the way uh, uh, for a while. Uh, Scott Burton, would you watch a YouTube channel of a guy cooking easy food, food and rebooking wrestling? 
I think the world has taught us that they'll watch anything. So if you're going to do it, Scott, yeah, go out and do it. Ryan Lavery. Hi, Simon. Not really wrestling related, but I was wondering since your injury, have you experienced any atrophy in your shoulder? And if so, what have you done to combat this? I'm asking because I recently tore my Achilles tendon and I'm looking for tips to avoid any more shrinking around my calf muscle. Love the podcast. Thank you very much. P.S. You've inspired me so much. I'm beginning my wrestling training early November. I love that. My favorite comments. Go out there and smash it, Ryan. Let me know how you get on. Look, unfortunately, it's one of those things where look, I'm just eating as much as I can to try and keep on the pounds. But it's not, you know, after a while, your body is going to break down. That's what's happening. I've lost size. I've lost a lot of weight. You know, I put on that weight I wouldn't want to put on. But that's injuries for you. That's probably the hardest bit is is kind of dealing with all that stuff. But you just have to shrug your shoulders and go, well, what can we do? Uh, so there is nothing really, unfortunately, my friend. You just have to rehab it as quickly as you can. And then when you can get back into the gym or whatever... Uh, just start building up again and try and strengthen it as much as, as as much as possible. But you're right, it does suck, and I feel sorry for you. I know what you're going through. Uh, Francesco Bozo. Hi, Simon. Hope everything is going well. My question is, how do you think WWE should book Dean Ambrose since it's been hinted that he will turn heel? What would be your fantasy booking? Cheers from Chile. Again, I just think you build it up, you take your time with it, don't rush into it, then have him beat up Seth Rollins. He's got the ultimate justification because Seth Rollins did this to him a while ago. Uh, you know, he is the IC champ. Roman Reigns is the universal champion. So you could go on that one. Seth Rollins also replaced him with Jason Jordan really quickly. So you can play on that angle. So yeah, there's loads of stuff uh, you can do with it. I'd keep it simple. I would just make sure we take our time with it. That's the key. Take our time. Don't rush in. There, there's no need. There, there, you know, you don't need to do this anytime soon. So I hope they don't. Uh, Ryan McCulloch, strongest wrestler you've personally seen? Well, I guess the big show, right? I don't have any examples of stories of what he did. But I shook his hand once and it engulfed mine. And you just have to imagine he'd be massive. So yeah, although I haven't really seen... i got no examples of like, oh my gosh, I can't believe I just saw that. Uh, Mari Rourke, Mark Rory Day. What was your take on the trick... Uh, what was your take on the Taker versus Triple H match at Super Showdown? Too long. I think we could have knocked about 10 minutes off of it. I thought it was okay though. Uh, I enjoyed it a lot because again, I, I'm, I'm, a, I'm a sucker for nostalgia. I like Triple H like The Undertaker. I think it was what it was always going to be. And I don't really have a problem with that. I thought it was fine. 7 out of 10. Richard Ingman. If you could take a theme song from one wrestler and give it to another, who would it be? I heard that Randy Orton wanted CM Punk's Kill Switch tune back in his Burn In My Light theme by Mercy Drive. That would have been interesting. I think that is true. I've heard that before. I don't know. It's really hard because good wrestling themes soon become synonymous with wrestlers. And it's hard to imagine them it with anybody else. Like, if you give Stone Cold Steve Austin's theme to Triple H, I'm like, no, that doesn't work. So no, I can't really think of one. Because again, I'm so used to seeing it representing that wrestler. Because when it works, it works so well. You can't ever see it being moved around. Apart from the Patriot, right? The Patriot came out to Kurt Angle's theme. When you gave that to him, it worked perfectly. So that's a tough one. I don't think there's an answer. Uh, James Iverson. With Evolution just around the corner, which of the following groups would be best to build the women's division around during their prime? Attitude Era, Trish, Lita, Ivory, Jacqueline, Sable, and China, Or now, Becky, Charlotte, Oscar, Sasha, Alex, uh, Alexa, and Ronda? Out of that list, I say probably now, to be honest. Like, all the Attitude Era ones you've named are excellent. But I just think wrestling in general, just not on the women's, women's side, on the men's side too. I think it's become, just athletically, and, and, and what they can do in the ring has come on so far, it'd be hard to go back. So I think in terms of what we want to do in the ring, I think that the proper group now is better than the crop back in the day. Just because, again, because, ironically, because of evolution. So I would say now. I think women's wrestling is very good right now. 
A uh, couple more in the comments, and then we will bring this to a close. Danny, DX or Brothers of Destruction win? I think it's got to be DX. You can't, you know, 50-50 booking in WWE. I'd be amazed otherwise. Uh, Lockie Moran, how would you like to see one last title run for Sean? How they did it with The Rock Goldberg, etc. I wouldn't want to see... I don't... I like nostalgia, but I don't like them coming back and winning world titles. I didn't mind it so much with Goldberg, but I, I still would have rather not. I think you're doing it to get people to watch... And they're already stars. They don't need the universal title or the WWE title to make that. They're more of a star. And that's what those belts are meant to do. So, um, no. I, 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 yeah, no. Uh, Gary Ahuja, Connor versus Khabib thoughts. There's a video on my YouTube channel you can go watch right now. that is literally my thoughts on Connor Khabib. But basically, the short version is it was all bad. <laughs> it was all a nightmare. Everyone's to blame, including the UFC. And it wasn't good for the sport at all. Other than the fact... It's already died down. They'll use it in promotion footage and Conor vs. Khabib 2 will do 7 million buys. Apparently, I mean, this one did 2 million best-selling pay-per-view in UFC history. But yeah, there's a video up, but that would be my, uh, that would be, that would be my, um, that would be my gut. And last question, Big E, what is your wrestling Mount Rushmore? I get asked this a lot. It all depends. I mean, top of my head, it would always be Bret Hart, Stone Cold Steve Austin, Macho Man Randy Savage for me personally, because I loved him so much. And the fourth one, I guess The Undertaker, because his longevity. But that's just mine. I think if you're talking about from a general point of view, you've got to go Stone Cold Steve Austin, The Rock, Hulk Hogan, and Bruno San Martino. Yeah, I know it's weird putting The Rock in there, but I think he transcended wrestling more than anyone, which is something nobody else has done, so I think that it's important. Stone Cold Steve Austin changed the business, Hulk Hogan changed the business, uh, and Bruno San Martino did well. Without those four faces, I don't think you get to where we are today. Don't get me wrong, not a personal fan of Hulk Hogan anymore. I think everything that happened was atrocious. I don't want to see him back in WWE. Did a video for What Culture about that a few months ago, but we're purely talking from a, a, wrestling, a wrestling point of view. Uh, right, that's that. We're going to bring this to an end. Thank you for everyone that joined me in the live chat uh, that we did over on YouTube.com for some of the report rules. Look, let me know. Um, obviously, this is going to go up as audio today as well. Come tweet me at Simon316. Do you want me to do this uh, as a live stream every week for the YouTube channel? Or are you happy it just going up as audio as it does do anyway? I can't promise timings of when it will happen because it all depends on my day, but it will be every Wednesday. Obviously, this is doing Thursday morning because like I said I had technical problems yesterday. But let me know. It's a show for you guys. I couldn't do it without you. So I need to know if people prefer it like this where they can come and interact and do whatever or if you're happy at just going up as an audio thing. Makes no difference to me. It's just me talking into a microphone for an hour either way. So uh, yeah, it's all good. Make sure you tune in to the second episode this week, probably go up on Saturday, where I have a Patreon guest on. That's what we do. We do two a week. One where it's just me ranting. And the second episode, I get a Patreon from patreon.com forward slash Simon316 to just chat about all manner of wrestling. Whatever we want to talk about, we will. You can get on the action as well. Again, go to my Patreon and you can uh, you can chat about it there. If you are coming to the Defiant Show later in Sheffield, come and say hello. I'll be doing color commentary. And yeah, I'll also have a video up this week about my injury and just giving everyone the skinny, even though everyone listening to this kind of already knows. Instagram, Simon316. Twitter, Simon316. Uh, join the Facebook group, search for Simon's Pro Wrestling Podcast. If you are listening to this on iTunes or any podcasting app and there's a review system, please give us a review. Subscribe to my, review, uh, my YouTube channel. You know all this stuff. My name was Simon Miller. If you are watching live, I'm going to give it a little bit of a pause where I just do nothing because sometimes I stop a stream and it cuts off the damn audio. I don't want to do that because I'm going to use this audio to do the, uh, the podcast version. So, yes, thank you very much. Enjoy this sort of 10 seconds of bizarre me just shutting everything down. But yeah, I enjoyed this. Thank you very much for joining me live. It was fun. And I'll chat to you again soon. <laughs>